This ayat of the Quran Sharif on numerous occasions at the beginning of a program we start off by reciting this and then the topic goes away somewhere else and it might be coming to somebody's mind that after all what is this ayat those who know the meaning would know and they might wonder that where did the topic go to and those who are not aware of the meaning they might wonder that was the bayan related to the ayat or something else so in essence whatever we may discuss it is all in some way related to this ayat in a very broad way maybe not as broad as how one person used to give bayan that he had he wasn't a learned person but he had just bayhatted one bayan on karbala the martyrdom of Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu ta'ala and no matter what the occasion may be because he now used to be the only person so to say available so no matter what the occasion the one bayan that he used to give all the time was Karbala come day, come night somebody's wedding, somebody's funeral whether it's some occasion, whatever occasion may be this is the bayan he would give so one day somebody told him, look, this we heard too many times now, don't you know any other bayan? Don't you know something else? So he said, what do you mean I don't know anything else? I know many things and I can give a bayan on any topic. So that day again they told him to give a bayan, said please today give a bayan on Surah Ikhlas. On Qul Allah Ahad, the Surah, Surah Ikhlas. So he said, very well. I can give a bayan on any topic. So he started off, Qul Allahu Ahad, say Allah is one. So now, this is the topic now. So he said, Allah Ta'ala is one. And who is Allah Ta'ala? Allah Ta'ala is the creator of the entire universe. And Allah Ta'ala sent all the messengers. Allah Ta'ala sent Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And who is Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? He is, his grandson was Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu ta'ala and Sayyidina Hussain was a person who got martyred at Karbala and that is the whole Karbala bayan started again so it came back to Karbala no matter where he started from and very quickly also so outwardly it might be the same situation here that whatever we discuss comes back to this ayat but if we ponder over it today a little bit Allah Ta'ala says that وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ that we have not created man and jinn except that they may worship us worship me Allah Ta'ala is giving the purpose of the creation of man mankind and jinnat so we are part of mankind we are part of insan we are insan also so we are also created only for one objective one purpose 
and that work purpose is the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. What is the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala? The ibadat of Allah Ta'ala, the 24 hours of every day that we have, is to be part of the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. Every moment is a part of ibadat. We are supposed to make it a part of ibadat. Now, everything is a part of ibadat? Yes. Ibadat, the major forms of ibadat, and acts of ibadat are the pillars of Islam. After Iman, these are the major things. Salah, this is the height of ibadat in all the amal. And together with that goes fasting, zakat, hajj. So these are big major aspects of ibadat. And likewise, the various other forms of nafil, the sunnats, mustahabbat, the nafil, all this is ibadat. And then a person eats, he has to eat also, he can't be performing salah 24 hours. So he has to eat. If he's fasting also, he has to break that fast at the end of the day. He cannot go on fasting day and night. It's not permissible also to do that. He has to break the fast at the time of iftar. So he's going to eat. So now he stopped fasting, so his ibadat stopped. So he stopped fasting. At that moment the fast is over. And then he's not performing salah. He's busy eating. But that eating also of his can become ibadat. And this is what is required that we make it ibadat. Then he's going to be tired. He can't be 24 hours of every day engaged in action in amal. So he's going to sleep. So is that sleep also ibadat? Yes, it can become ibadat. It all depends on whether we make it ibadat or not. And to everything that a person does, it can become ibadat. Provided that there are certain things that he bears in mind. And as a result, this can become ibadat or it can go in some other direction. Now what is going to make it ibadat? In the hadith, Nabi Islam even says that لا تحقرن من المعروف شيئا Don't regard any good deed as insignificant. Even if it is smiling at your fellow Muslim, then that too is an act of reward. If it's done with the correct intention, it's done with a sincere intention, it's done for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. It's not a haram smile. And it's not a smile at a haram person. It's not a smile at a haram person, and it's not a haram smile. So then this is something that will become ibadat. So everything, even that will become ibadat. But what will make it ibadat? Then firstly, what will make it ibadat is the right intention. If the intention is noble, a person is eating, but the person has made a conscious intention. Now this is something we don't think about generally. When we sit to eat, then we are looking at what will appetize my taste buds. What I will enjoy eating, bus. What I will find delicious. So let me choose that. And if supposing it's not to my preference, whatever is available to eat, that day's menu and that day's meal is not something that I am very fond of. So well, I am hungry and if I don't eat, then I will get even more hungry. So now I have to eat. 
So just in order to fill my hunger, I will eat. So generally, we are looking for something that will be more appetizing, something that we will find that will be delicious. And if not, then, well, we got no choice in the matter. Now we have to eat something in order to get the energy, in order to satisfy the hunger. So well and good now, just eat it anyhow. Don't worry. And just forget about now the taste and so on. Just somehow just put it down your throat. So that is the second level. But no matter what that meal was, whether it was something very, very simple, and often the simple things are far more beneficial. The simple food has far more benefit in it for us, far lesser problems in it. The food which is very, very delicious sometimes, but that food is filled with so many things that are unhealthy. The amount of ingredients, permissible ingredients, halal ingredients, but which are not conducive to a person's health, often that is filled in it. And that brings the extra taste. But after the person has eaten it, now there is this problem, it doesn't happen in one day, but now the person goes on and on in those unhealthy foods, and after a while there is this complication and that problem, and half the world is trying to then uh, lose weight, while the other half of the world is dying of starvation, and they don't have any weight. So all these complications sometimes come from indulging in too much of luxury foods. So that food is luxurious, tastes nice, but not healthy. Often that's the case. So in any case, now this person is uh, eating this food, which is very simple, very plain, simple food. But in that simple food, number one, the intention is that this is an amanat Allah Ta'ala has given me this body is an amanat I got to look after it so it is Allah Ta'ala's command to look after it and the process and the means of that is that I will have to feed it to the extent of its need so now I am eating in order to take care of this amanat of Allah Ta'ala now that has become an ibadat then I am eating in a manner that will bring the shukr of Allah Ta'ala in my heart that this ni'mat also is a ni'mat that Allah Ta'ala has blessed me our Shaykh Hazrat Mawashah Hakimot Akhtar Sahib Rahmatullah he used to mention about his Shaykh Hazrat Shah Abdul Ghani Pulpuri Rahmatullah says when he would eat sometimes he would be eating very simple food dal just dal and some plain roti and that is what he's eating and he would say to him that Hakim Akhtar I am getting the enjoyment of biryani in this so Hazrat would say to him that this is dal you eating, just plain this doll, and you are saying you are getting the enjoyment of biryani, how can that be possible? So he sees that the thing is that my mind is engaged in this thought at this moment, that who is feeding me? Who has brought this food to me? And who is making it possible for me to eat? And who is feeding me in that manner? It is Allah Ta'ala that is feeding me. So my mind is on the hand that is feeding me. Allah Ta'ala's hand meaning Allah Ta'ala's kudrat. Allah Ta'ala brought all this into existence for me. Allah Ta'ala has made it possible for me to take this lukma, to stretch my hand to it, to pick it up, to bring it to my mouth, to digest, to chew it, to digest it, and to get the 
benefit from there. All this Allah Ta'ala has made possible. And this one morsel, how many makhluk and how much of the creation of Allah Ta'ala has all been engaged in bringing this one morsel to me. There might be one grain of, some, some grains of rice in that one morsel. That rice might have come from Pakistan maybe. So how many people worked on that field? And from where that machinery came? From Germany maybe. And then somebody else then watered that field and somebody harvested it and then somebody cleaned it and somebody packed it and somebody else shipped it and then it came to some harbor where it was then picked up from there and then somebody took it to their store and then from there the wholesaler sold it to the retailer and then somebody else went to the retailer to buy it and bring it to our house and then somebody else in the house cooked it washed it and did whatever else and now that's come in front of us to eat how many people and then the sun shone on it Allah Ta'ala's Qudrat that the sun came and put its rays on it then it ripened and Allah Ta'ala sent down the rains all these things so many things and now there's one morsel came and then in that morsel of food there might be one piece of meat where that sheep might have grown and where it might have been transported to and who might have slaughtered it and then how cleaned it and who cooked it and all that whole process again and then there might be some other vegetables in there that same whole process again that might have come from some other part of the world so there's hundreds maybe thousands of people's efforts that has gone into that one morsel apparently outwardly we just look at it as one morsel but if a person ponders over that one morsel that one morsel also will bring the marifat of Allah Ta'ala. that's such a great na'mad now that dal is no more a person looking as dal He's no more looking at some very basic uh, meal in front of him. He is looking at the whole Qudrat of Allah Ta'ala that has gone behind this. And now he's eating that one morsel also with relish. My Allah has fed me this. So now the person who eats in that manner, number one, his whole eating has become shukr. That whole eating is bringing deep shukr. That eating has become a means of a very great ibadat. And then he is making shukr to Allah wa ta'ala for this ni'mat. Allah ta'ala is increasing that ni'mat also. So he is eating, number one, to look after this amanat of this body that Allah ta'ala has given him. And then he is eating in a way that he is bringing shukr from the depths of his heart. Because he is focusing and he is reflecting upon these realities. And then he is eating in a way that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has taught in the sunnah manner and he's doing that consciously that these are the sunnats of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa so he started off by eating before eating by washing the hands then deciding bismillah then eating in a manner that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa taught where once Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is teaching one little child that ya ghulam sammillah take the name of Allah ta'ala wa kul biyaminik eat with your right hand wa kul mimma yaleek eat from that which is in front of you don't eat from all over the place if there's one kind of thing so now all these adab and these etiquettes Nabi Salaam is teaching him so this is a sunnah man of eating and many other aspects as well so now the person is consciously eating in the sunnah manner so what is the result of all this the result of all this is that this eating has also become an ibadat Allah Ta'ala has created us for this ibadat this total subservience to Allah Ta'ala 
So now when a person is eating in this manner, his eating is not just eating. Otherwise even animals eat. And if a person thinks eating is a very great achievement that he can eat so much, then he should rather be competing with an elephant. Then let's see how much he can eat and how much the elephant can eat. And who will beat who. So if eating is an achievement, then this is an achievement. Once one of our great Akabir Hazrat Maha Qasim Nanotwi Rahmatullah he was an expert in the knowledge of deen and once there was a debate between one Hindu who was trying to deceive Muslims and get them to leave the Iman so Hazrat Maha there was a debate that people put across Maha accepted the debate any case this person now when the time came and the end thing was that he ran away he didn't really come to the debate itself but before the debate they both uh, come to the place where the debate was supposed to take place so Maulana was in his where he had to put the night put up for the night this person was in another place another house and the next day was the debate so one of the people came from his associates he came to this person's place to now discuss some of the details of tomorrow's debate that how it will be conducted and who will speak first and whatever else and these some guidelines and some conditions so when he came there this pundit he was sitting there and at that time it was the time for his food for his meal so now this person who had come from Qasim side this Muslim he just happened to come there at that time so he's observing now what's coming so he saw this big big trays coming filled with all this breads and puri and whatever else and some more food coming and whatever else so he thought maybe there's a whole entourage here and this whole entourage this food is coming for all of them there's a whole group of people here and to his astonishment then he sees this big fat pundit coming there and he sat there and he wiped the whole thing himself there was no group that's going to eat this. This was all, this whole big, big thalis, trays of all this food came. Big, big trays came. And he wiped the whole thing out. So any case, whatever was meant to be discussed after that was discussed. And this person came away. When he came away, he jokingly said that I was just thinking to myself that lucky the debate is regarding the knowledge, meaning that what is the the truth of Islam and this is what is going to be presented so this person is trying to prove himself as true and this false things as true so Hazrat is going to debate with him on that and prove to him that what you are saying is wrong and what Islam has given that is the correct thing so fortunately the debate is in this now he is saying this on a light hearted note he is saying lucky the debate was not in eating because if the debate was regarding eating meaning if that was the competition now who can eat more then we would have lost men because this fellow ate so much whole big big trays he ate and Qasim was a person who was known to, have, to eat very little so he jokingly said that so Qasim heard about it he called him and he says what did you say because he said this among the other friends outside so he said what did you say so first he was shy, he said, no, no, you tell me what you said. 
So he said, well, I said, lucky the debate is not about eating, meaning that's not the competition in. That who can eat more? Because this fellow would eat so much, we can't win then. So Hazrat replied to him and said, that is eating an achievement. If eating itself is an achievement, then we would have brought an elephant and came to compete with him. That elephant would then beat him. That elephant is an animal. And this human can't compete with an animal. So it means then that he is worse off than an animal. So that's not an achievement. The achievement is in not eating. If somebody can go along for a couple of days without food, so how long can a person go along without food? So the person who can go along without food for a longer period, that would be the Kamal. That would be an achievement. And if you want to bring that debate up, then see that for five days I will go without food, without anything, feeling anything. Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with that strength. It was more spiritual strength, rohani strength. So the lesson in all this was that eating itself and eating in big quantities, eating is necessary, but being able to eat a huge amount, that is no achievement. So, it doesn't mean that a person now just because he can eat so much now that it became an achievement. The achievement is that a person eats in the way that Nabi Wasallam has taught and he makes that eating also ibadat. So now this is what Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ That we have created insan and jinnat for our ibadat. The person is performing salah, he's in ibadat. He's performing, uh, he's keeping fast, he's in ibadat. Now he's eating, his eating also has become an ibadat. He's smiling at somebody, provided that it is within that limits of deen, it's not a haram smile, it's not a haram person, then that smile is also ibadat. The person is going to sleep, and sleeping in the sunnah manner. Then that sunnah manner of sleeping, the person recited the du'as. Many times people come to discuss something, or they ask, okay, you feel miserable when you wake up, then when you wake up, you what do you do immediately? The person says, my day starts off in a very miserable manner. What do you do when you wake up? You say, well, I wake up. But what do you do? Do you read something? No, I don't read anything. I just wake up and I go. So, when you wake up in a manner that is not in accordance to the sunnah, you don't recite any du'as. Do you read any du'as before you sleep? Well, I forget most of the time. Sometimes I read. So then that sleep also is not ibadat and a person is going to wake up in misery. But if a person sleeps in the sunnah manner, person sleeps fulfilling the adab, the etiquettes, reciting the masnoon things before sleeping and then when waking up also the person upon waking up is reciting the masnoon du'as rubbing the hollow part the uh, bottom end of the palms onto the eyes and rubbing off the effects of sleep reciting the du'a Alhamdulillahilladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana wa ilayhin nushur taking the name of Allah Ta'ala now the person's whole sleep also became ibadat and in that sleep he made the intention that I am tired, I need to rest in order to get the energy to engage this again, this body again in the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. So that sleep also now has become ibadat. So the lesson in all this is that we have been created for ibadat and it is just a matter of how we go about things without any major extra effort to be made. We are going to eat, we have to eat. It's just a matter of how we go about eating, what little few things we fulfill before eating, washing our hands, eating with the right hand, consciously we're doing it in the sunnah manner, we recited the du'as. 
So what extra did we have to do? Nothing. But this little consciousness, just being conscious, making that conscious niyat, that this, I'm eating to fulfill this uh, requirement, this amanat that I got to look after. I'm eating so that I can get the sawab of fulfilling the sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I'm going to eat in that sunnah manner. So that I can become the beloved of Allah Ta'ala. Because to the extent that a person will follow the sunnah, to that extent Allah Ta'ala's muhabbat will come to him. قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهِ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ That if you follow the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Ta'ala will love you and forgive your sins. This is what the Qur'an Sharif is telling us. So we have to now engage in fulfilling this. Are we eating in the manner that Nabi Islam taught so that we can become the beloved of Allah Ta'ala. So now this whole eating became ibadat. The sleeping became ibadat. To the extent that a person goes to the toilet in the manner that Nabi Islam taught, reciting the du'as beforehand, reading the du'as after leaving, and whatever adab and etiquette have been taught, then even that has become ibadat. So there is nothing in a person's life that cannot be ibadat, provided we go about it in the way that Nabi Islam has taught, and with the right intentions. So these two things, the intention must be correct, and the manner it is done is in accordance to sunnat. This will make it ibadat. And when a person starts bringing his whole life onto ibadat, even to the extent we are saying, smiling at somebody, so even if you are laughing and joking with someone, with the right intention, you are laughing and joking within the limits of deen, not causing any taklif to anybody, not putting anybody else in inconvenience, then that laughing and joking also has become ibadat if it is with the right intention, and is done correctly. What is the intention? The intention is to make somebody happy. So you are saying something, but it is not out of the bounds of shariat. And it is not causing any difficulty, any inconvenience, any harm to anybody, any pain to anyone. Then that too can be ibadat. You are talking some, just small talk with somebody, but in order to make the person feel comfortable. So trying to make the person feel comfortable, this is a noble action. Now that small talk, provided it is within the limits of deen, has become ibadat. Because of the intention. And because of it being within the limits of deen. <clears throat> so how simple it is, and how easy it is, that we make our whole life ibadat. Our whole life can become ibadat. All it requires is engaging this mind correctly. And doing the action correctly. There is no big deal about it. It is not something we have to do in a very different way. Often it will be almost the same what we are doing, just small adjustments to do it correctly according to sunnah, and that has become ibadat. And when a person keeps engaging in ibadat, the person keeps getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. Now via his sleeping is getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. Via his eating is getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. Via his smiling is getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. Via his laughing and joking is getting closer to Allah Ta'ala via that light-hearted conversation, he's getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. And what can one say about one's salah, one's tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, one's zikr, one's dua, that is beyond our imagination how close a person will get. And consciously refraining from sin, that is an even greater means of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. So all this is ibadat. 
And this is what we have to start focusing on, that how we can make everything into this manner, bring it all into ibadat. When this will become our focus, then those moments that get wasted, and let alone get wasted, those moments that become a burden on a person, because it was used in a way that earns the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala, because of this focus to try and make everything ibadat, inshallah we'll start getting saved from that. There is some mujahada involved. That a person now will have to suppress the nafs. When the nafs is demanding to do something wrong. But that mujahada will take a person way ahead. People make mujahada for dunya. How much of effort? How much of hardship they take? How much of long hours they work? How much of headaches they take? And all for the dunya. But that dunya is going to perish. How long is going to last? But for something perishable, there is so much of effort. So much of difficulty that is undertaken. And all this is done happily. The difficulty is undertaken happily for the dunya that we can see. But the barakat that comes, that comes from pleasing Allah Ta'ala. That comes from the mujahada. Every now and again we receive some correspondence, some email some person is saying that I have now achieved all these things I wanted this degree and I worked hard towards it I finally got this degree and then I needed that job I got the job then I needed the promotion in the job I got the promotion in the job so all this has now fallen into place and the person is saying my heart is still restless I have got no contentment, no peace I am in anxiety all the time and Outwardly there isn't apparently any reason for me to be like this. Because everything more or less is what I was desiring, what I was trying to get. I got it all. But I'm still lacking something. There's a hollow feeling in my heart. I just not, I'm not getting any enjoyment in life. Whereas he's indulging in whatever he wants to indulge in. So outwardly a person indulging in what he wants to indulge in should be very happy. Because nobody is stopping him, there's no restrictions. So he seems to be doing whatever he wants. And generally we feel that because I am restricted, that is why I am not happy. Whereas that person is free. So why is he not happy then? He's free, he's got the money, so he's got the freedom, and he's got the money to enjoy the freedom. Sometimes a person got the freedom, he's got no money. So now he says, well, now I'm down and out. He's got the freedom, he's got the money, and he's got all the opportunities. And he's even doing what he wants to do. He's going where he wants to go to. And he's saying that my life is still very miserable. Why? Because his life is not ibadat. He hasn't made his life go in the direction of deen. And in restricting himself within the limits that Allah Ta'ala has placed is his freedom. He hasn't realized that. So now he's trying to so-called make himself free, but he's becoming a bigger and a bigger slave of nafs and shaitan. So outwardly he seems free, but he's become a total slave. He just cannot uh, refuse to do what his nafs is telling him. Now, is that not a slave? His mind is saying that, look, this is not a good thing. It's harmful. But he says that, but I can't. 
I can't do without it. Why? Because that nafs has now strangled me on this point. I just have to chat. I just have to go on the phone here and there. I just have to. What is that? I just have to. Because the person is now shackled. And that nafs, that shaitan is just grabbing and pulling. So now whether he wants to or not, he has to go. Now is that not slavery? Now his mind is telling him that you're going to harm yourself with this. People are telling him. He's seen others go down in the gutters. He's seen how people wreck their marriages. He's seen or she has seen how when somebody now was on the doorstep of marriage and suddenly this whole past broke out into the open and how it destroyed everything, all those beautiful opportunities and that everything just went down the drain. Now, knowing all this, oh now I'm smoking this, it's going to totally destroy me, destroy my wealth, destroy my health, but I'm smoking this thing. The person is being told why? He says, but I just can't do without it. Now that I can't do without it is a slavery. Somebody says that I know I'm wasting my time on all these games on the phone and on these video games, on the computer and whatever else and hours upon hours are just getting wasted in this and it's bringing so many other negative things. The researchers have Western research. This Western research has found that to the extent that a person, people are getting involved in these video games and so on, it's making them aggressive. Now these video games are also on the phone. It's also games, video games. These video games are making people aggressive. Very aggressive. And further research is that it is not even restricted to only violent games. Violent games are making them more violent also. Making them aggressive and violent as well. And even non-violent video games. Now this sounds very strange. And they've got some details behind it. Why? Why they, they're not sure why what's happening. This is something that's happening. Why it's happening? They have tried to find out some reasons. That the research has found that even non-violent video games are making people aggressive. One of the possible reasons, they don't know for sure, but apparently one of the reasons is that a person keeps sometimes losing. That makes him aggressive. Now, somewhere down the line he's going to drop He's going to fall. He's going to lose. Now this keeps happening every now and again. And that starts very, very subtly creating an aggressive situation within a person. And this violent things, there is a repetitive behavior in it. You must shoot and kill. You must keep shooting and keep killing. Now that is a kind of game now. Whatever the real nature of the game would be, this is generally. Or you must hit. Or you must cause some damage. You must break the next person down. And then that now earns you a reward. What is a reward? Some points. Now the points are turning. Why? Because you are shooting, killing, dropping, fighting, something. So now that is bringing reward. And then there is a repetitive behavior. You've got to keep doing this. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. So now what the mind starts taking, that this violent behavior brings repeated rewards. Nobody is saying it in those words. But in time, the person starts behaving in that way. That becomes aggressive. And there are so many people have come to discuss this. Here locally also. That the, the child, whoever, youngster, he is now glued onto these games. And he is very aggressive also. And he, this was not his nature. He was not this kind of person. But now this is what they are finding. So where did this all come from? Because we tried to entertain ourselves 
to make ourselves happy because we thought that our life is very, very dry, miserable. So let us use all these things to make it happy. Whereas happiness doesn't come from that. Happiness comes from the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Making the life ibadat. For what Allah Ta'ala has created us, dedicating our life for that. In that life we will eat also. We will drink also. We will, somebody will do business as well. So some father is doing business somewhere. That business also can be ibadat. Provided he goes about it in the right way, with the right intentions. Somebody has got a profession. So that person, that doctor is out there, that lawyer, he is sitting doing whatever, provided he's doing it in the manner that Shariat has allowed, then his business, his profession, that too is ibadat, provided he does it in the right way. And together with that, all the persons laughing and joking also is ibadat. The person smiling is ibadat. The person sleeping and eating is ibadat. But now when he's focused himself to making his whole life ibadat, Allah Ta'ala blesses him with happiness. وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ فَلَنُحْيِيَنَّهُ حَيَاةً طَيِّبًا Allah Ta'ala gives him a good life, a content life, a serene life, a happy life. It might be a poor person, but he has happiness. And he has contentment. But this comes from where? From fulfilling this objective. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Dedicating one's life to making it ibadat. And ibadat all these things become ibadat. So in this regard, we have to keep making an effort, keep checking within ourselves, keep reflecting, checking our intention. Have I made the right intention? Am I doing it in the sunnah way? And as we said, it's very simple. There's no major things to do. Just slight adjustments in how we're doing something to make it happen in conformance to sunnah. And learn some masnoon du'as to recite at the relevant occasion. Small, simple du'as. Doesn't take any time to learn also. Just look at it and recite it and you know it. Few times you recited it and you start learning it. And in this way, one's whole life becomes ibadat. When that life becomes ibadat, he gets closer and closer to Allah Ta'ala. The closer he gets to Allah Ta'ala, the more happier he is, the more serene he is, the more content he is, the more tranquil he is. And he got dunya also. And the main thing and the biggest thing is he gets akhirat as well. He got the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. So may Allah wa Ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we make our lives, entire lives ibadat and we focus on this and how to make it ibadat. We learn how to do things according to sunnah and we practice on that. May Allah wa Ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa lakal shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين إن شاء الله next Tuesday the details will be announced later but إن شاء الله حضرت مولانا مزر صاحب دعوت بركاتهم who is presently in our country and who will be in Durban from tonight 
سن آف اوور لیٹ شیخ شیخ عارف باللہ حضرت مولانا شاہ کی محمد اختر صاحب رحمۃ اللہ علیہ سو ان شاء اللہ ہی ول بی گونگ اے ٹاک بٹ دا ٹائم ول بی ایڈجسٹڈ اٹ ول بی اے بٹ ارلیئر دا ڈیٹیلس ان شاء اللہ ول بی گیون ڈیٹر دس از اسٹل اے ٹینٹیٹو پروگرام بٹ موسٹ پروبیبلی دس از وٹ ول گیٹ کنفرمڈ سو جسٹ ایز این اناؤنسمنٹ بیکاز سم مائک ناٹ گیٹ دا اناؤنسمنٹ ان بٹوین سو وی کین جسٹ چیک وٹ ٹائم از اے پروگرام دا پروگرام فار نیکسٹ ویک ول بی ایڈجسٹڈ جزاک